Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling today? You know what? I actually feel so refreshed because, well, number one, I got to see you in person. Always a pleasure. Um, we ha- <laughs> um, we had a really great time this past weekend, our little girls weekend, celebrating one of your best friends birthdays um so i was just really happy to be around the girls have some girl talk have some laughs have some drinks have some good food Mm -hmm. so i'm feeling refreshed i definitely needed that it came right on time what about you i'm feeling good feeling great um if we don't know how to do anything else we know how to do it up and have a really really good girls weekend i'm gonna give y'all a little bit more detail that erica gave (laughs) y'all just so y'all can see (laughs) that's how we work (laughs) right (laughs) So um, one of our best friends, she turned 29. Shout out to her. Happy birthday, baby. We love you. Anyway. Woo-hoo. And we and she um, originally had wanted to go out of state, but then she decided to do something in town. So we rented an Airbnb in Dallas and we went and we had brunch on Saturday. Erica had been to the restaurant. We went to Vidora. I had never been. None of us had ever been. Um, it was delicious. It definitely recommend go to the Dallas location. Ask for Joseph specifically. He's popping. Um, but it was really good, good food, good drinks. And then that night we um rented one of those like indoor picnics or one of those picnic things that you see, like those boho things that people usually do outside at the park. But we did it inside the Airbnb because it is cold outside and you know, black people don't like cold like that. So we did it inside and then we um hired a private chef um we actually i actually went to college with him in undergrad and let me tell you something erica can co-sign this every single course was bussing all casting all exclamation points bussing like i like it was so good that we danced through the whole dinner it was so good that before we finished the food, we were already planning how we can book him again. Like the food was busting. He was so professional. He was on time. Great service, great food, like very professional. Listen, if you need a private chef in the Dallas area, Chef Smoot, tell him I sent you. Tell him all things Melanie sent you because it's busting. It was so good. <laughs> so, but no, honestly, it was just really, really good to all get together. I think I was telling um, one of my friends this. I don't think that you, I don't know if you were in the room when we were talking about this friend, but I was just saying, you know, like, it's so crazy to see people that you have either grown up with or gone through life with, or that you have history with for a few years, just be able to do so good, but to also be able to, in adulthood, have these special and just cool moments you know, with friends and to just, you know, we got a little money now. We got these corporate jobs. And so just being able to spend it on things that are luxurious, luxury and things that we enjoy has just been bomb. And I highly recommend. 
Yes. So we definitely got to do that more often. Um, so it was so fun. I remember I was the first one to finish my plate and I had nothing but the bone left from the short rib. Um, I was crying. Fool. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our first segment of the day, which is dating and relationships. So are you ready for this one, Shelby? Oh, I'm going to have a lot to say. Okay, so it's often inevitable that once you decided to let somebody go and be done with them, that they try to pop back into your life. So how do you deal with people who try to come and go in your life when you've decided to end a re- past relationship? Um, I don't, and let me tell you why. Um, <laughs> If I <laughs> have told you that I am done or I'll let you go, then we don't, there's nothing that we don't have, to, there's nothing that we have to talk about. I personally, I know that a lot of people want closure, but I have am at the point in my life where I, if I felt like you've disrespected me or I feel like when I tried to talk it out, you didn't, weren't receptive to it. Like I don't have to have closure. That was my closure. Cause you already taught me how to treat you. Um, I think, especially when it comes to relationships, one thing that I will say is obviously I'm not a perfect person, but when I say that like I like you or that I want to be with you and that I want to try, I honestly am going to give it my all. I am going to try everything that I know how to try. I am going to exhaust all of my options. Like I said, I am not a perfect person, but I will try. And I'm a ride or die person. And not, not that I'm going to ride or die and lie for you, but I am a ride or die person in that I am going to be very loyal to you, open, honest, and transparent. And I'm going to give you all I got, in the words of Mariah Carey. I'm going to give you all I got. I'm a, isn't that what she said? I can't remember. But she said something like that. So when people try to pop back into my life, I really don't take that as a compliment. But I take that as you trying to play me. Um, because I don't know what other type of females that you've dealt with in your life. But you don't get to come and go in my life. Uh, like this is like this is a to go restaurant. That's what we're not gonna do. It's not what you're gonna do with me. <laughs> but I think that for me, when people try to come and go in my life, or they try to pop back in and pop out, I found that a lot of times for me, people just want to see if they still have access to me. People want to see if they can still get under my skin. People want to see if they can still come and do what they used to do. People want to see that if they can just pop in and pick up where you left off. And the answer is absolutely not. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot because you will question if you ever knew me. Um, I can be the kindest person in the world, but I can also be the I don't want to say the coldest person, but when I'm done with like when I'm done with the situation or a personal relationship, most of the time there's no going back for me. And it's not personal. It's just that a lot of times that I've already prayed about it, I've journaled about it, I've punched my pillow, I told my mama, and I told my homegirls. So when I tell my mama, <laughs> it's a wrap. Um, but I do think that there are probably like some, you know, maybe there are some, some circumstances where you can deal with it. But me personally, I don't. Um, I think that a lot of times when people try to pop back into my life, they're just trying to see, um, if they still have access to me. But I think that a lot of times when people try to pack, try to pop back into my life, they see that I'm doing very good and well without them. And they want that version of me. You don't get to get that version of me and you didn't want to stick it out and you didn't want to communicate and you didn't want to do the work. No, you don't get that version of me. You get to see me living my life with access denied. You don't get to talk to me. You don't get to take me on dates. You don't get to pop in. You don't get to t- ask me where I'm at. You don't get to put looky eyes in my DMs and under my pictures because you're not getting a response. Because I'm not the one, the two, or the three to play with in one through 100. Try somebody else. Try again. Um, That was a rant. But 
I said that to say that personally, friend, I don't take it as a compliment when people try to pop back in my life. I'm very, very specific and very careful with who I give access to myself. And I just feel like if you are not in my life anymore like that, then there's probably a very specific reason. I think that, you know, if you want, there are times that I have just cleared the air, but that don't mean that you get to get back in my life. Because a lot of times when you see this very happy, go lucky version of myself, I had to do a lot of work to get back to that happy place, to that content place. My friends had to listen to me, bitch, a lot. (laughs) And you're not going to get to come back in and just tear all of that down. Um, So personally, I don't really allow or let or deal with people that try to come back in my life. Um, I wish you well. I wish you happiness. I wish you blessings. I wish you all of your heart's desires. But it will not include Shelby Brennan Cummings because I don't have the time, the patience, or the energy to deal with you. And I won't. Period. End of story. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like well, ladies, it's a trap. Well, let me say men too. When somebody tries to pack a uh, pop up back into your life, it's a trap. It's a trick. Don't fall for it. Because like Shelby mentioned, most of the time it's because, well, all of the time, if not most, that they are trying to de- see if they still have access to you. And I feel like nine times out of 10, that person has not changed whatever the reason why you broke up with them in the first place or stopped talking to them in the first place. That real that reason is still there. So honestly, I'm not trying to talk like, oh, it's so easy, but I'm I'm the same as Shelby as far as like when I'm in, I'm in. And just like when I'm out, I'm out. Like <laughs> you cannot get me back <laughs> in. So I have this habit of giving people the benefit of the doubt all the time or you know giving them chance after chance and so it's not like oh one time you mess up bye I'm never never talking to you again it's more so like okay well this was your last straw type of thing and I'm done because normally with women fellas I'm giving y'all some case with women we are done before we're done okay meaning we have already left you before we left you Okay. So, (laughs) so it honestly, for an example, I had a little situationship. Um, and it was very hard for me to walk away from that. But once I did, Mr. I don't come back, guess what he did, y'all? Get just guess. He came back. Bring it back, bring it back in the name of Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was like, oh, look at Mr. I don't come back. He came back because she'll be like, you have said before when you're a good woman, you're a good woman. So when he came back, it was actually, you guys, very hard for me to say no. It was very hard for me to not respond because I care about people, period. I don't if you could be somebody that hurt my feelings, but I'm still if I still care about you as a person, it's not going to be so easy for me to just like dead you. But I knew for myself, I had to put that boundary up because like I said before, nine times out of 10, they have not changed. That reason why you ain't talking to them no more is still there. So um, once that happened, I was like, I have to put my walls back up. I cannot trust this person the same. I cannot give them access to me the same. And they have to know that. So once, if you give that person the same access, what gives them the incentive to change? I'm not saying you can't give a person a second chance or whatever they come back, but they have to come back changed, right? right. And um, But if nothing changes, 
then you're going to go back down the same loophole. And I'm just not interested in going in these loopholes and hamster wheels with these same people. I'm trying to move on from that. So that would be my thing on how I deal with people, just setting up my boundaries and putting my walls back up. I honestly had to um, block some people before, like they just didn't get the hint when I stopped responding. Um, So I had to block them. So you could definitely go from bay to blocked with a T on the end. (laughs) So I think that when people try to pop back up in your life, just be mindful, like what is the reason? Why are you popping back up? So um, I just think it's a trap just just in my own my own experiences. So that's all I got for y'all today on my TED Talk. (laughs) All right. So let's keep it moving to the journey. So this is the segment where Shelby and I will either discuss how the journey is going with building our brand, all things melanin, and also incorporating how we are balancing our nine to five corporate jobs. So today we're going to talk about corporate America. So we both work in corporate America and we actually met on the job. Um, and since then, we've left the job but kept each other. Oh, that is so sweet. Okay, so let's share our experiences in corporate America. So Shelby, first question I have for you is, how are you feeling about your job? So right now, I'm at a, a position in my life where I feel really good about my job. Just a little bit of background. Um when me and Erica worked together, that was actually my first big girl corporate job. And I'm not going to lie, for the first year or so, and maybe even for the first two years, you know, I really, you know, it was okay. Like, I knew that that's not where I was going to be forever, but I was okay. Um, but then um, I ended up staying almost five years. And by year five, I absolutely hated that place. I am not going to mince my words. I hated that place. Um, because I just felt like it wasn't a place where I could grow where I was hurt and that I couldn't really, you know, be myself and I had to be always be on. I felt like a lot of times the person who was good for the, like the best for the job didn't get the job or the promotion or the position. The person that kissed ass the most got the job or the person that worked at Hooters got the job or the person that didn't have the degrees like I had got the job. And I could go on and on, but I'm going to leave it there. And I feel like a lot of the people that were actually intelligent and smart and good at their job because they didn't kiss people's ass or because they just, you know, didn't do the most, they didn't get those positions. So, yeah. So now I am a digital strategist and I work in an agency. And one thing that I did not know is that when you work in an agency, let me tell you something, you going to work, all caps, all exclamation points. I don't know if anybody told you. And I actually really do enjoy my job. I really like my job. We are a smaller organization. We're not bigger than 15. So that means I get to honestly get a lot of hands-on experience and work and a lot of different things that um, I have been passionate about and that I want to do. I have been wanting to get into strategy for the longest and God answered my prayer in 2021. And let me get in there. And so right now, honestly, I am feeling really good about my job. I like my position. I think now I'm in a position where I have actually, I'm coming up on my one year anniversary at work. And so by the time this airs, I will have been there a year and hopefully got my raise. If not, I'm talking to somebody. (laughs) And I am just trying to figure out like 
currently at my job, like what's next for me? Like what is something else that I can accomplish or do? And how can I just kind of, you know, step my corporate um, skills and career up? What about you, friend? Like how are you feeling about your job right now? Um, Right now I am feeling like it's time for me to go um, and move on. And I mean that in a good way. I mean that in terms of growing in my career. I know that this job, which I hope nobody's listening for my job, but um, I feel like I'm just at the point where I am not really going to be able to grow. Like I can do my job with my eyes closed. Like it's very demanding, but I'm just at the point where I know this is not the place where I'm going to actually establish a career. I've been there going on four years now. So I've learned a lot. I think that the job overall has really great perks. It's been a blessing through the pandemic. Um, I've learned, I've been able to work with great people. Um, So there's a lot of blessings in it. But when I think about like forward thinking, I am feeling like, okay, how can I improve or become more of an expert in my job field. So, um, I, my title is project manager, but I feel like that is so many hats that I can't even explain to you what that means. So I really have more of a hybrid role because that's not what I was hired on the job to do. So my hybrid role, I also take on another, a content management, um, position as well. So I deal with a lot of software websites, very technical. So, I um, am feeling at this point that I've kind of reached my pinnacle at this job and I've learned what I need to learn. So now I'm just trying to pray and wait and um, see what else, what other doors could open now that I um, have gained the experience that I have gained being a project manager. Um, So that's why I would say I'm feeling now. Um, So my next question for us um, is, are you able to be yourself or do you have to always be on at your job? Um, I feel like I'm able to be myself to a certain extent. I think that this is the job that I've been able to be most myself. But I feel like as a black woman in America that I always have to be on. There are just certain things that other people can do that I cannot do. There are just certain things that other people can say that I cannot say and get away with. I just feel like being a black woman, you know, you know, from an early age, we're always told that we have to be the best, that we have to over prepare, that we have to be X, Y, and Z. And all of those things are true. Like we can say that they're not, but they are. As black women, we have to be the best all the time every time or at least you know try every single day to do when other people can just be mediocre um and that's not like a shot that's just honesty um you could probably ask any black woman and they will say that or any minority in general um I would say that honestly my job does make it is a safe place to an extent if that makes sense um because I feel like no job is completely a safe space but I feel like my job is a safe space and that they care about our mental and emotional health um, you know, that we have opened our policy, that we can always go and talk to them, we that we can voice our concerns, um, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, but like I said, I think that just from personal experience that I personally, you know, like I feel safe to an extent and I feel like I can be myself to an extent, but at work, I'm actually believe like around my friends and family, I'm extremely extroverted and I talk a lot and I am a lot because my friends and my family are my safe space. But at work, I'm actually very introverted. Like I am probably not going to go out of my way to speak or to say something or to be in a conversation just because I Believe it or not, even though I like to talk, I actually don't really like small talk. <laughs> like, and that's very interesting because I work with clients and I work in an agency. So I can do it to a certain extent, but I actually really don't enjoy small talk. Like my small talk is, how are you? How was your weekend? Please don't tell me anything after that because that's too much. <laughs> um, But yeah, to answer the question, I am able to be myself to an extent at work. But I guess I've just had to learn how to navigate it in a way that I'm not being closed off or standoffish or rude, but in a way that I can still be true to myself and speak up and yada, yada, yada. And yes, I always have to be on. I'm black. So that's it. What about you? <laughs> right. Yep. Same answer for me. My answer would be yes, but no. <laughs> like, yes, I can be myself. Um, but then I don't want to say I'm not myself, but I definitely use discretion. Um, because I am, uh, as Shelby is too, we're, I'm the only black person in my whole entire company. So we, we do have to be on. And as sad as that seems, like I've just been in or seen a lot of different scenarios where some of my coworkers have said things out of line or done things out of line and they can because they not black. Let let me have done that. I'd be gone. So it's yeah. kind of like just me um on that fine line of what I can say and what I can do. Like um I just always have been taught to, you know, you got to work 10 times harder. That's just, then that's the truth. Like we, especially in my industry where it's mainly older white men, like they have to listen to me and that's intimidating for me because I'm like, I know what I'm talking about, but there'll be some instances where they try to undermine what I'm saying. And then it's like, look, I told you, but if I was an older white man, would you have listened to me the first time? I'm pretty sure you would have. So When we say we always have to be on, it's true. We cannot be ignorant to the fact that like, yes, nobody at at our job necessarily treats us like, oh, the black girl, but they see, oh, it's the black girl. (laughs) Like they see it. They don't necessarily treat us that way, but um, it is something that we do have to be mindful of in the corporate America, in the workspace. Um, So that's what I would say. Um, The next question in terms of working in corporate America would be, what is your ultimate goal job-wise? My ultimate goal, honestly, friend, believe it or not, I was thinking about this like the other week <laughs> or like the other day and I wrote it down and I was like, Shelby, what's your wildest dreams? Like if there were no limits, what would it be? And this is what I came up with. I either <laughs> want to be um, a director of strategy or a director or manager of strategy or a director or manager of influencer marketing. Um, I think that those two would be my ultimate career goals. Like I actually really do involve, I really do enjoy um, strategy and marketing. Like it fascinates me. Any, And I think honestly, strategy is just a really fancy word for planning. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm a planner. I plan everything. 
If it's not planned, it's not happening. And so I think that ultimately that's where I really see my career going and where I want to end up before when I am old and gray and about to hit the deuce and retire. I think that that's a very um, doable goal. And I specifically either want to be, I think at the end of my career, I want to be in like media or TV or um, I kind of have been thinking about like maybe tech. Um tech or like some type of media tv beauty that is my ultimate career goal a couple years down the road I think the really thing good job thing about my job is that my job is teaching me so many invaluable skills that I need to know to get to this level like I really feel like they're gonna set me up for success and to make six figures down the line what about you what's your ultimate goal career uh corporate wise or if it is corporate or anything else um, I'll say corporate rock, corporate wise, since I said at the beginning, um, how I was feeling about my job, just wanting to find somewhere where I could actually establish my career. And like I've said before, like my career right now is very technical and I don't really have much of a creative space, but like I said, I've learned a lot, kind of like you said, it'll set me up for other roles. Um, so I would love to establish my career in some sort of TV network entertainment industry and in terms of I'm actually looking right now um like I've already told Shelby is Viacom they are the umbrella of every streaming service you can think of just about um and so being able to either be the uh project manager product manager program manager web producer um director of product like those things where you're over the streaming services and you're helping out with you know, the programming for those, like that would be something that I could see myself establishing a career corporate wise. Um, and so just putting my foot out there and having different conversations um, with recruiters to try to see if that's really where I would want to go. The one thing that that sounds great in my head, you know, but um, just figuring out the steps to actually get to that end goal, because I would love to establish a career so I won't have to keep moving every three to four years from a job, you know? So that's what I would say as far as um, my ultimate goal. And then the last question would be, what are you focusing on this year in your career? So I think one thing or what I'm really focusing on this year in my career is like being more, it's being more, it's saying no more and being more stern um so I'll explain so at work sometimes I can tend to be a yes person a yes and like yes I'll get it done or yes I can do it right away or yes I can blah 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 and a lot of times I don't I'll back down from clients um so my boss um she's freaking amazing she's a woman um and I really admire her because one thing about sis she don't mind saying no she don't mind bucking back and she don't mind letting you know what it's gonna be (laughs) and I love that about her and I think that a lot of times she can go head to head with clients in such a professional and um and like in a professional and good way if that makes sense like where it's not confrontational like she has an answer for everything that's just how she has She just has that amount of experience where she can do that. And I think one thing that I definitely need to focus on this year is just being more confident 
um, when I am speaking and talking to clients. Like a lot of times, like I do, like I have improved a lot and I do a lot better at it now, but I still get a lot of anxiety about it and I still get really nervous and I second guess myself. And I know that going forward in my career, I need to be more confident and stand on what the fuck I said. So I think it's really important to now in my career, as I'm getting all these, you know, skills in my current job and my current field, I think I really need to focus on just being more confident in what I said and not backing down. Um, and I've been struggling with that a lot. Um, one of the reasons I feel like it is because so in my industry, Erica said this a little earlier, but um, in agency settings, um, it usually is not people that look like me. <laughs> Um, a lot of times there aren't a lot of people of color and I don't even think that's necessarily a discriminatory thing. I just think that a lot of black people don't go into agencies. That's just being very honest and upfront. And so a lot of times, a lot of, not a lot, but I would say quite a few of the people that I deal with, they tend to want to talk to the head person, like the person that has the biggest title. Well, my boss can have a big title, but I'm still the person doing the work. So, um, and I think that sometimes that has played a factor in it. And then I think just from past jobs, just not, you know, being inspired and empowered to do things. So one thing that I'm focusing on in my career this year, just saying it one more time, is just being more confident in like what I have to say and in the work that I do and provide and standing on it. Like I said what I said and I'm going to keep saying it. And the thing about it is everything I say, my boss come back and say, so you might as well have just listened to me. And stood on what I said. Now you look dumb. Sorry. But that's what I'm focusing on. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> okay. Um, besides establishing a new job in or a career in, with a new job, I would say where I'm at now, let's just say I'm still going to be there for a minute. Let's just say. But hopefully I'm not. But um, it's maybe, you know, like I said when I'm in a job where I feel like I've reached the pinnacle, right? I feel like there has to be room for me to learn some way. So even if that is me having to research different certifications that would put me in a position to get another job for um, the career that I would most likely want, um, doing that. But then also while I'm here, um, just stepping up and taking more initiatives because I do have a role where I say that like it becomes just kind of like robotic for me. Like I'm just going through the motions, but I have the platform to run these meetings and, and lead these team initiatives and just taking more, um, taking it more serious and just stepping up a little bit more and not just be like, Oh, well, I mean, this is just what I'm doing. Like really trying, you know, instead of just, you know, just kind of going through the motions. That's something that I could focus on while I'm here. Um, and then also one thing that I've realized that I actually enjoy doing there is training. I'm, I feel like I'm very good at teaching somebody how to do something. I'm very thorough. I love creating like different um, tools for them to use, to learn how to do something, to learn how to use their software or whatever. I really, I really enjoy doing that. So maybe just focusing on how I can create an initiative or different training sessions, Um or something like that. So basically, I've just been telling myself, like, look, while you're here, still try right. to find something that you can continue to um, help yourself. So that's what I would say as far as focusing on this year. But hopefully, like I said, I will be able to have a new door, a new opportunity um, somewhere where I can actually establish my career and not have to keep moving around. 
Um, so that's all I got. But I think what we have, <laughs> I was going to say, shout out to the black girls in corporate America. It ain't easy. Um, we really be out here doing it. So um, shout out to us. <laughs> um, all right. So let's keep it moving to our mentor moment. So this is where Shelby and I will read a listener's letter that was sent to us. And then we're going to give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Erica and Shelby, I have a dilemma and I would love your opinion. When the pandemic hit, like many other Americans, I was impacted. It's like everything was fine one day and then boom, it wasn't. I ended up losing my job, having to move back in with my parents, being jobless for eight months, and then just feeling at an all time low. It seems like nothing went my way. Now I am employed and I'm getting back on my feet. I'm so grateful, but I feel like I'm not where I want to be. I want to move back out and get my personal space again, start living, but we're still in this pandemic and I'm nervous. Any tips on how to ease back into being on my own again? Yeah. So first and foremost, like one thing I've been saying this a lot, and I think that I'm definitely going to continue saying it, like continue to give yourself grace. Like at the onset of the pandemic in 2020, like it has affected millions and millions of people. And you are not the only person that has been feeling like this. Um, Kudos to you, honestly, for, you know, one thing that I have learned because during the pandemic, I had to move back. It was my parents and I was really sad about it. Um, but my daddy told me if I can't come, my daddy told me if I can't come home, then where can I go? And I said, you were absolutely correct. And I think that there's no shame in doing what you need to do for yourself, um, you know, to get back on your feet. Like you shouldn't be ashamed of losing your job or having to move back in with your parent or being down on your feet or low because millions of Americans were. And like, it's not something that you had control of it. Like the world literally went to shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it just did. So kudos to you also for, you know, getting a new job. Yay. Super happy for you. Congrats. Um, so what I would say is I think that so many times, like we see other people doing things or accomplishing things, or, you know, we know where we want to be and then we automatically get down on themselves. But one thing that I would like for you to do is when you start to feel that way is to write down three things that you're thankful for, write down three things that God has given you or that he, or a way that he is taking care of you Um, write down three things that make you happy, or just say three affirmations out loud, because I think that you have to first shift and change your mindset to get in a better place mentally and emotionally. I think you have to start thinking about what you do have instead of what you don't have because you are living inside one of your answered prayers. For instance, your answered prayer is you were unemployed for eight months. Now you have a job. That's the answered prayer. So I think that it's in the way that you think about it and in the way that you go about life. I would definitely say, listen, I understand we are in this pandemic. We don't know when we're getting out of this pandemic and we don't know if and when Corona is going to go away. And honestly, that is a scary and nerve wracking thing. Um, And I think that a lot of people are worried about it. I'm worried about it (laughs) because I don't know either. But one thing that I would say that is that if you want to move back out and to get your own space, that is definitely doable. And you can do that. One thing that I would suggest is to start putting money back for it and to start saving for it. So I think that it's important that in order to move back out and to start back on a good foot and on a good cushion, I think that you should set a budget. So, you know, start looking at apartments, 
um, that you want to move into or spaces that you want to move in and start pricing things that you're going to need, like start pricing the apartment, start pricing, you know, um, if you're going to need any furniture or new appliances or just anything that goes into your house, like budget for that. Um, start budgeting for any additional bills that you have and kind of writing down what your monthly costs are going to be so that you can be prepared for it. My other suggestion is to get a high yield savings account or just another savings account, but a savings account that you cannot easily touch. That is the key. <laughs> An account that you just can't dip in and bring and buy that brand in Blackwood purse or buy that new Telfar bag. I'm talking to myself. Um, so get an account that you don't have access to and then just putting a certain amount of money into it um, every month towards your expenses so that when you move out, you ain't just broke like Chuck, that you, like that you still have some money and some cushion. And then also as you're putting money into your move out fund or your apartment fund, also continue to build your savings fund. I think that one thing the pandemic taught all of us is that we have to stay ready so we don't have to get ready. So continue to build your emergency fund as well as to build your apartment fund. And I think that if you move out and you already have all of the funds for your apartment fund, whether that's, you know, the down payment or if you got a pet or if you have movers, like when you move out, you already had that money allotted. And then you also just knowing that you have a stash of money if an emergency happens will make you feel a little bit better. But that's what I would say. What about you? Um, I would say all of that too. So the only thing that I could add, well, first of all, I want to say um, shout out to you for getting back on your feet. That is not an easy thing to do. And also, I think that it is a huge blessing that you have family that can take you in and help you get back on your feet. That is also a very good blessing. So um, the only suggestion I would say, because the thing that stood out to me was um, I want to move back out and start living. I think that... Um, that is a great goal to have. However, I wouldn't, I would suggest make sure that you move out on your time and your time frame. So if you are nervous and you feel like you're not ready yet, maybe you feel like you don't have enough money saved or you don't have enough um, in your budget. Don't feel like you got to rush and move back out there because maybe that's what you see your friends doing or other people doing because, um, it's not a game out here in these streets. Um, so I would just suggest do not, um, just don't just rush it. Um, I would say take your time, take the time that you need um, to, like Shelby said, save the money, make sure you have a budget, make sure that you feel comfortable. Like, okay, I have this amount of money saved. So now I feel good about moving out. And of course the pandemic, it was so unpredictable. It's, it is unpredictable. And that does make all of us nervous. Any of us could be, you know, jobless at any moment, but I do say kudos to you for wanting to step back out there and do that again and start living. Like you said, so my only tidbit to add to what Shelby said is just don't rush it. Make sure that you are moving out on the time frame that you want to move out so um, that you're comfortable um, and that you are able to enjoy your space. Don't want to just jump out there and then be stressed again, you know. So that's the only thing that I would add to that. So if you have a question out there, listeners, that you want us to answer, send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So before you go, we will leave you with words of encouragement. So Shelby, you want to read the Bible verse? Yes. So our words of encouragement come from Ephesians 4.2. Always be hungry. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Um, I came across this Bible verse 
And I really, really wanted to share with it because I feel like, I guess, let me just relate it back to my life. One thing that I've learned is that I have to be humble and kind and gentle with myself, but I also have to do that with others. And I have to give others that same grace. I think a lot of times we want people to give us grace. We want people to be gentle and kind, and we want people to be humble. But are we being that way? Are we displaying that to others? And I think that especially with us being in a pandemic, going on with COVID for what, two, two, three years now, that it's so easy to just think about ourselves and how things are impacting us. But I think that we're not realizing that it's impacting everybody else so differently. And I feel like one thing I've learned about the pandemic is I've been in peaks and I've been in valleys. And my friends have really given, my friends and family, particularly my mom and my close friends have really given me grace. They have been gentle with me. They have been kind with me. And that has helped me do the same in return in other parts of my life. And that's with people that I don't know. I think it's also important to be patient with other people. I think that sometimes we just want things to happen when we want them to happen. Or we want our friend to reply as soon as we send a text message. Or we want somebody to do what we want them to do. Or we want them to act how they how we want them to act. But I think it's important to be patient with people, to give them grace, and and to allow them to do life how they want to do life. It's not up to us to control people or to say what people should or shouldn't do or how people should and shouldn't act. Like we're not here to be God. We're not here to give people instructions or to tell them what to do. Literally, all we're here to do is to live the life that God gave us and to love one another. Like, I think that if we can do that, then we would be in much better shape. So I guess my tidbit and my takeaway this week is to really just be kind and be gentle with people. As we have realized over the past few months, over the past few weeks and going into the future, we don't know what people are dealing with at home. We don't know what their mental and emotional state is. So it's really, really important for us to show people grace, for us to be kind to one another, for us to give people grace, and for us to just love on people. Like I think the one thing that I just want to take you to take from this is just to go love on someone like literally tell people that you love them tell people that you care about them to be people's safe space like pray for people if somebody comes across your mind text them and tell them like I probably get on my friends nerves but I'm probably out of all of my friends the sappiest and the corniest person because I will literally text you the sappiest message or text you something random but at least my conscience is clear because you came on my mind. So that means God told me to text you and tell you something. <laughs> and so right. what I would like, you know, you just to remember this week is just to be kind, to be gentle and go tell somebody you love them because you don't know how that's going to impact their day. I think that's great. The only thing I would add to that is like, because it's so easy for us to get caught up in our own lives, our own attitudes, how we feeling today. Um, but you would really be surprised on how a simple how are you or a simple compliment or a simple just thank you for doing that or showing appreciation to someone you know or a stranger. I remember just being in the grocery store line and asking the clerk like how are you doing today and she literally told me how she was doing and then she said thank you for asking me that no one ever asks and I was just like wow because you know me I'm going through my day like oh how are you doing today not really thinking 
about, well, maybe she really needed somebody to ask her how she was doing. So I think we just get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life where we're just passing through, um, passing by people. So I think, um, like I've said before, like, what if you are the only glimpse of Jesus's love that they see? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be caught up being like with an attitude or, you know, well, if especially this happened to me earlier at lunch today, I was in the drive through and the guy was so rude. He was very rude to me. And I ain't gonna lie, it did make me upset at first. He was like, why are you rude? I didn't do anything to you. Like, so the first thing I say, you know what? You're going to show him grace. You're not going to be rude back. You're just going to tell him thank you. And you're going to be nice. When I kept saying thank you and I kept saying please and, and just being a nice person, his attitude changed at the end of that. And so it's like you have to remember that we never know what p- other people are going through, what they're feeling. And we can't always be on one. Every time somebody show us attitude, we got to show them grace back. So I think a challenge, what I would want to challenge everybody throughout this week is to number one, compliment a stranger, go up to them and say, Hey, I like your hair or I love your shoes or that outfit is cute, whatever compliment a stranger. And then, or ask a stranger how they're doing today. And I tell you that would change somebody's life. Just those, just being acknowledged by somebody is what a lot of people are craving for. Okay. Well, everybody, if that is it, we are going to close this out with some good old prayer. Um, Close your eyes, bow your head with it. If you are driving, do not close your eyes. Do not bow your head. Sway with it and listen. God know your heart. Okay, here we go. Heavenly Father, we come to you as almost we know how. First and foremost, not to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you just for going before us and being with us each and every day. We don't know what the person that is listening to this podcast is dealing with, what they're enduring or what their mindset is, but we know that you do. So we pray that wherever they are in life, whether they're in a good mood, a sad mood, a bad mood, or whatever the case may be, that you would let them know that they are loved, that they matter, and that they have something to offer to this world. We pray that you would cover them. We pray that you would keep them. We pray that you would go before them. We pray, Lord Jesus, if they are struggling with their mental health or they are thinking about suicide or they're just not in a good place, Lord Jesus, that you would create a safe space for them to get help, for them to talk to somebody and for them to speak to somebody. We pray, Lord Jesus, that whatever they're working toward, whatever they are dreaming and believing and praying and manifesting toward, we pray that you would give them the confidence and the belief to go after and to accomplish it, Lord Jesus. We pray that they know that you are the ultimate, that you are the ultimate God, that you can do any and everything, Lord Jesus, and it's not over until you have the final say. We pray, Lord Jesus, that they know that they matter, that they are loved, and that we appreciate them, that we are sending them love, light, happiness, prayers, and just all of an abundance of blessings in everything that they do in your name. We pray. Amen. Amen.